As G.K. Chesterton said, a dead thing can go with the stream, but only a living thing can go against it. Here on Swimming Upstream, we go against the cultural stream by championing life, liberty, and the pursuit of holiness. Your host is Eric Sammons, author of seven books, including Holiness for Everyone, The Old Evangelization, and Bitcoin Basics. Now let's get swimming. Hello and welcome. So today what I want to talk about is the fact that there is a great deal of corruption in the Catholic hierarchy. I think we've seen this very clearly with the recent abuse allegations that have come up uh, against, you know, Cardinal McCarrick, former Cardinal McCarrick, about the complicity in these, uh, in all this cover-up with Cardinal Wuerl in Washington, D.C., and also with Pope Francis. And it's a worldwide phenomenon, and we're seeing that there's a great deal of corruption in the Catholic hierarchy. Well, what I want to address today is what exactly are some steps we can take to reform the Catholic hierarchy so that we don't have this deep-seated corruption in the hierarchy? What are some fundamental structural changes we can make? Now, before I continue, I'll make one thing very clear. I'm a Catholic. I very much believe in what the Catholic Church teaches. And I also believe that means there's a certain structure to how the church is set up. And I don't want to do away with that. I don't want to be like Martin Luther and throw away the baby with the bathwater. I want to keep what is essential to the Catholic faith and to the structures of the Catholic Church, but I want to reform the uh, non-essentials so that we can try to prevent something like this happening in the future, prevent this corruption from happening in the future. And so I don't want to be Presbyterian. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying we abolish the office of bishop. I think that would be silly because I do believe that the office of bishop is fundamental to the structure of the Catholic Church as given to us by Jesus Christ. What I do think, though, can be reformed and changed are a lot of the non-essentials, such as a lot of the details of how bishops are appointed, how dioceses are laid out around the world, how, how bishops manage their dioceses, how they interact with other bishops, things like that. All of those things are not fundamental to the faith. They're simply uh, ways that have developed over time, and at the time that they developed, they might have been good ways to develop. However, many of them have become outdated, outmoded, and I do think we need to reform how bishops operate in the Catholic Church today. Don't get rid of the office of bishop, but reform how they perform their ministry. How do they minister to Catholics, Catholic laity, and how do they minister to Catholic priests under them? So I have four steps I think will be, or I think are essential for reforming the Catholic hierarchy. The first step, to be honest, it's, it's like easy pickings. It's shooting fish in a barrel. Abolish and shut down the USCCB. The, that's the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops. And all national conference of bishops. I'm going to focus on the United States here because that's where I live. But simply shut down the USCCB. There is simply no reason for this body. Note, it's a very recent development in the church. It was only created in the 1960s, 1970s. So it's not essential to the faith, obviously. Jesus Christ didn't say, you are Peter, upon this rock I will build my church, and make sure you set up some national conferences of Catholic bishops while you're at it. So the USCCB, in my mind, needs to be abolished. Think about, do this thought experiment for a second. Tell me one thing the USCCB has ever done that has helped to advance the Catholic faith. I'll wait while you think of one. 
Yeah, that's what I thought. There are, there is nothing that the USCCB done, the USCCB has done that has really advanced the Catholic faith over the past generation. And I do think not only does it not serve any real purpose, but it actually harms how bishops see themselves. I believe it gives them a false sense of importance that they are very involved in the national political scene. And so it takes their focus away from their flock, the people they're supposed to be uh, ministering to in their diocese, and instead makes them focus on things that are non-essential to their role as bishops. It doesn't matter what a bishop thinks about the minimum wage law. What matters is how a bishop administers the sacraments to his people. How does he develop vocations? How does he teach the faith? How does he guard and protect the faith? That's what matters. We don't care, Your Excellency, what you think about the minimum wage laws in this country. We honestly don't care what you think about climate change. What we care about is our faith and that you're entrusted to to protect and to guard. So let's get rid of the USCCB. That's step one. Step two actually was suggested by Taylor Marshall, and that is we need to split up dioceses that are too big. And he was talking about the mega dioceses. So for example, Los Angeles, Chicago, New York, where you have millions of Catholics and one bishop in charge. Yes, I know there's some auxiliary bishops, but let's be honest, what do they do? They basically perform confirmations, do some administrative work. What we need though is to split up these mega dioceses so that, that bishops their flock is much smaller and they're more directly connected to it. Because I think this is the underlying problem that we see that causes the corruption in the church is a bishop is too distant from his flock. He's not connected to them as a shepherd is to his sheep. He has no direct, so it doesn't bother him that much when something wrong happens to one of his flock because he doesn't know them, he's never seen them. He doesn't maybe even know the area they live in because his diocese is so big. What we need to do is split up these big dioceses. I actually think we should go a step further than Taylor Marshall said. I think we need to split up all dioceses. I think every diocese in the country is too big. I think if a diocese has more than about 25, 30 parishes in it, it's too big. How can a one man oversee the faith in a diocese that has all these different parishes in it? He can't. He simply can't. And it's not just ge uh, demographic size. It's geographic size as well. I, I worked in a diocese in Florida that covered 10 large counties. It was a huge geographic diocese, not a ton of people, but the bishop who actually, when I was there, worked very hard to try to travel around the diocese, but it was impossible for him really to be all throughout the entire diocese. It's just too big. So I think what we need to do is split up dioceses because what this will do is it will make bishops closer to their flock closer to the sheep that they're supposed to be shepherding. Now another, and step three, I think is, kind of flows from step two. I think that diocese needs to outsource the work that it does. I wrote an article about this at 1 Peter 5, and I'll link to it in the notes. And basically what I note is that most dioceses feel like they need to be directly involved in all the apostolic work in the diocese. In other words, they need to have paid staff for all of that, all of those apostolates. But that's not necessary. That's not essential to the work of a diocese. Lay-run independent uh, apostolates can also do a lot of good work. In fact, let's be honest, they usually do better work than dioceses do. The problem with a diocese is it's, it's run like a government agency. There's no connection between the funds coming in and the work that they do and the people they're serving. And so what happens is you can have a very efficient, inefficient diocese, inefficient office in a diocese that does almost nothing. It just keeps on rolling, keeps on going, 
keeps on getting funded, people don't get laid off, they just keep on working, even though it's really doing no good. An independent lay run apostolate though, it has to do good work or else it won't receive funding. Now yes, a bishop should be the overseer of the faith, that's what the word episcopus for bishop, where we get bishop means, is overseer. He should be the overseer of the faith in his geographic diocese. So he should be an advisor of any Catholic lay-run independent organization in his diocese. But he doesn't have to be, they don't have to be paid staff of the bishop. What I think this does is also, just like on uh, splitting up diocese, step two, I think what it does is it brings the bishop into more focus into what he's doing. And like step one, break up the USCCB, it allows the bishop to focus on what is primary to his role as bishop. And that is administering the sacraments and teaching and guarding the faith. So obviously a diocese would be in charge of the sacraments in, in the diocese. They'd be in charge of vocations and religious life, things like that. But things like evangelization, education, social services, none of that has to be run by a diocese. Independent lay-run organizations could run it and do a lot better, to be honest. So that's step three. Let's outsource the work of the diocese to allow a bishop to focus more on what's important. Okay, step four is I think we need to change how bishops are appointed. Right? And I wrote an article about this at 1 Peter 5 a few weeks ago. I'll link to that also in the notes. Right now what happens is basically the outgoing bishop, if he hasn't passed away, he basically recommends somebody, recommends three people along, and he has some consultants and there's some other people in the diocese who basically recommend it. They give it to the papal nuncio, who then gives it to the pope, and the pope chooses one of the three people elect, uh, appoint, um, I'm sorry, one of the three people nominated. And so what happens is you have a very insular selection process where basically corruption just keeps on going. The way things, status quo keeps on going. There's no way that you can kind of stretch out and look at the diocese in a different way because the same people, the same personalities, I should say, keep getting appointed bishop. That's why it is that we have so few bishops willing to stand up to what's going on in the Catholic Church right now in the hierarchy because they're all pointed in the same way. They're all the same personalities. They're safe. They do things that aren't going to rock the boat as priests, and that's how they get appointed bishops. Well, I think there should be lay involvement and local, more local lay involvement in who becomes bishop. Picture a scenario where you have these smaller dioceses, and so you have maybe 25 parishes, and they're involved in who the next bishop is going to be. They know who these priests are. They've worked with them. They've seen how they work. And so they can appoint them. Yes, I know there's danger in this, in the fact that a very liberal diocese could keep on pointing very heterodox liberal priests. But honestly, how is it going to be worse than what we have now? I don't see how it can be. I think basically what's going to happen is dioceses that are very strong, you know, that have strong lay people in it, will be uh, create, uh, appointing strong you know, Catholic bishops. And again, remember, the way we appoint bishops now is not part of the Catholic faith, some fundamental part of the Catholic faith. There's been tons of different ways the church has appointed bishops in the past. It doesn't have to be the way it is. So I think if we take these four steps. Number one, we shut down the USCCB, get rid of that abomination. Number two, we split up the size of diocese. We split up all these dioceses. We reduce the size of all the dioceses in the world. Number three, we outsource the work of diocese so that the bishop can focus on what's important to his ministry as bishop. And number four, we change how bishops are appointed. 
I think if we take these four steps towards reform, I really think we could do a lot to get rid of the corruption going on in the Catholic hierarchy today. You know, when Pope Francis was elected Pope, one of the big things was he's going to reform the church. He's going to reform how things are done. And of course, we've seen he hasn't. He's actually made it more corrupt in many ways. Well, I would say to Pope Francis, Holy Father, if you really are serious about reforming the Catholic hierarchy, reforming the corruption and how things are done, I think here are four steps that can really make it happen. Okay, well that's it for today's episode. Until next time, keep swimming against history. stream.